this edition of DCS Talk, a podcast production of the Tennessee Department of Children's Services. The intention of DCS Talks is to promote dialogue among child welfare professionals, foster, and the entire community about ways to prevent child abuse and neglect. I'm Shanika Morgan, a training manager for DCS, and I'm your host for this edition. And we will be discussing case manager safety. According to a study conducted by the Bureau of Labor Statistics, 48% of non-fatal assaults occurred in the field of healthcare and social service settings. Based on these statistics, journalist Linda Ray wrote an article that discussed how to approach case manager safety in three ways, which was acceptance, awareness, and prevention. In summary, it was believed that in order to combat case manager safety, we must be accepting of unsafe conditions related to this line of work and aware of the population in which we are serving to prevent potential problems that we may encounter. Being knowledgeable of these three areas could have a huge impact on how prepared we are when entering the field as a case manager. Today, I am interviewing a few staff who serve a variety of roles at the Department of Children's Services. These staff have significant experience in child welfare and conducting case management. These staff ensure that safety remains a top priority in not only conducting field visits, but also reducing trauma to the children and families we serve. June is National Safety Month, and with respect to the important work that DCS case managers do, we want to focus on ways to stay safe while serving children and families. So we have Ms. Alicia Garmer here with Family Support Services. Hello, Ms. Garmer, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So tell us about your current role with DCS and about some of your experiences with child welfare. I'm a team leader for Family Support Services at this time. For experiences, I mean, I did CPS for six years, so, you know, there are times that you're yelled at, cussed at, threatened. I try to remind myself that how would I feel if someone knocked on my door and I was afraid that they were coming to take my children, as a lot of people feel that's what we do. When it's not, you know, we want kids to stay with their families and be safe. Tell me the first thing that you do to ensure safety when your workers receive a new case assignment. We look at their history and TFACs. We look at their criminal background to see if they have a history of violence or things like that. I also, we try to look to see where their home's located is in an area where there's no service. So if they were in an emergency situation, would they be able to get help? You know, is it an area that's known for a lot of crime? things like that when we first get it before we go out. Okay, those are all great points. Have you ever been in a situation where you did not feel safe when you were working a case or when one of your workers were out in the field working a case? There have been times myself when I was working cases that I didn't feel safe. I usually find an exit strategy of how I can get myself out of that home as quickly as possible, whether it be saying, well, you know, I see y'all are busy right now. I'll come back later and then just make a quick exit. Um, For my staff, there have been times that I I worry about them in certain situations, so I'll either ask them to take another worker with them, take law enforcement with them, or I will say, you know, text me right before you walk in the door, and if I don't hear from you within X amount of time, we're going to come looking for you, so things like that. And what would you say was the best training or advice that you've received about staying safe when you were conducting casework? The best advice I got was to trust your instinct. If your instinct tells you you're good, Whatever you would like to call it tells you you're not safe. You should listen to that because there's a reason. And to always be aware of your surroundings. You know, I know there are people like they'll go into a home and say they're in the living room talking to a parent and one child. 
but you hear other people in the house, I usually okay. ask, so who else is in the home? Can they come out and join us? Right. And that's the smart thing to do. And another, when you get to a home, don't just park any which way. Park in a way that if there is an emergency, you can leave that home as fast as you can. Right. Well, thank you so much, Ms. Garmer. Well, thank you. So today I'll be William Webb with General Justice. Hello, William, and welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. Tell us about your current role with ECS and some of your experiences in child welfare. Uh, well, currently I work with juvenile justice. I work in the Smoky Mountain re- with Hamblin, Granger, and Claiborne counties. I'm in three counties right now. And I've worked juvenile justice for the majority of my time with the department. Originally, I worked with social services for one year and then switched over to juvenile justice. Uh, the only thing I haven't done is work with PS. Okay. Tell me the first thing you do to ensure safety when you receive a new case assignment. A lot of research. I think that's the biggest thing is just to do as much, not only in TFACS research, especially if it's a case that maybe someone has had before, but calling the family and asking the family as many questions as I can regarding safety, you know, if there are any safety risks at the house, history of not just the youth that I might be working with, but the family members, anything that would pose a red flag. You want to be able to find that out, I think, ahead of time before you go out on the home visit or anything like that. Right. So have you ever been in a situation where you not feel safe when you were working a case? I would say there was one time, and that was in juvenile justice. You know, we sometimes, of course, it happens in foster care, too, but we have AWOL youth and we have to go out and try to find those based on their you know, whereabouts and latest whereabouts and things like that. And so we'll say that. There was one time in particular, we went to a known drug dealing home with some more than questionable characters at the home. Mm-hmm. And so it was one of those situations, you, you kinda, you're kind of hoping to get out of there as possible. <laughs> right. <laughs> We've all been there. So what has been the best training or advice received about staying safe when you're conducting casework? I would say just to stay aware. That's the biggest. And that would be kind of, that's kind of what I used like in that scenario. I did not feel safe at that home. You know, make sure you have a way out. If something was to go south, don't put your back to the wall per se. Make sure that you've got a path to get out of that house if something was to go south. And, you know, you must stay aware because you'll never be able to prepare for anything that you don't. That's just the part of it. And so, be observant. Be observant. Always be observant. That's what I was told when I started and seems to have worked so far. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for your response. And it definitely sounds like you're preparing to stay safe. And- awesome. Well, thank you for having me. Next, I will be interviewing Jana Elkins with the Office of Training and Professional Development at the Department of Children's Services. Ms. Elkins is also certified in rape, aggression, and defense, which is commonly referred to as RAG. This course is offered for staff as an added safety measure. Hello, Ms. Elkins, and welcome to the podcast. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Tell us about your current role with DCS and your experiences in child welfare. All right. Well, currently, I'm a training officer one with the Middle Grand Region. So we cover Mid-Cumberland, Davidson, South Central, and Upper Cumberland. I've been a trainer for close to six years now, and I've been with DCS for just over 20 years. So it's 14 years that I've been in the field was mostly in foster care as a supervisor, but I also covered those other, what I like to call the alphabet soup. I was the COA coordinator, CQI coordinator, and the QSR coordinator briefly for the Davidson County. 
Wow, you have been with the state for a while. Could you briefly explain RAD and what techniques are offered to assist staff? Sure. RAD stands for Rape, Aggression, and Defense. What we do is we train folks on self-defense techniques and how to get out of a tough situation. Most of our classes are offered for females. We do have two trainers in the East region who have gone back and gotten certified in training males. RAD, they really do wish to have males and females trained separately in their techniques because they have some trademarked type of moves just for females that are a little different than what you might have learned in, say, the self-defense class that I took in college. So we don't want to give away those trademark techniques to the males and to anybody in and, you know, have it go viral. So we do have some that we just give to the females. And it's mostly about stun and run for RAD. We want to train people to, you know, do everything they can to just get away from the situation and get to safety, whether it be using their voice, throwing things in between their paths. And if it does become physical and you have to touch someone, we train people on techniques for punching, kicking, and other things with the object to be that once the perpetrator has stopped doing what they're doing, that that female has enough time to get away from the situation and get to safety. Okay, that definitely sounds like something you need to protect yourself. Tell us what steps could be taken to become a RAD instructor. All right, well, uh, RAD does have their own website they can go to, and it can tell you all about the various locations for taking uh, their classes to become an instructor. The one that we've used here in Tennessee is offered on the campus of UT Knoxville. A lot of the police officers there, the campus police officers, they're there to do the instructions for people who want to become instructors. It's a very intense, and I mean intense, four days. You have some classroom learning. You learn about the steps, where to hit folks, uh, what's going to make the most impact. Um, you learn about their mantra and the ideology behind RAD, and then it becomes physical, and you learn the punches and the kicks, and you're on the mats, and it is intense four days, and they do test you at the end. So there's a written test and a physical test, and you've got to pass both of them in order to become a certified instructor. Okay, that's interesting, and I'm glad that they take that course of action to make sure that individuals actually know what they're doing. How has the techniques learned in RAD been helpful for you or others that you know have taken this course? Uh, for me, I think it's an increased self-confidence in knowing that I do have some tools in my toolkit should I find myself in one of those situations and need to get away from a potential perpetrator. My favorite part of training this class for females is seeing that increased self-confidence as well. You see a lot of women that come in and you know, maybe they've never even thrown a punch or they're just very timid. And it's just the most awesome thing in the world at the end of those three sessions that by the end of it, they're gritting their teeth and they're saying no, and they're hitting the bags with a lot of intensity and they're smiling and they're sweating and it's a good sweat and you just bond over it. And I think it's great anytime that we can boost anybody's confidence. Okay. Those were all interesting facts. Thank you so much, Ms. Elkins, for taking the time to speak with us. Sure, no problem. Y'all go check your calendars and sign up for the next round. Thank you for joining us for this edition of DCS Talks. Please listen again to hear our subject matter experts discussing ways to advocate for children and build resilient communities.